And there's a customer from the coffee shop that I work at standing in her undies, holding a baby, screaming no under way. the water. Uh, and Bub's got a huge uh, burn from a coffee, a black coffee actually, uh, on his leg. Poor okay. little thing. Yep. And I'm like, oh, hey. And we both knew it immediately who we, you know, who we were. Yep. And I said, oh, hey, how are you? And she's like, Sam, hey. And I'm like, yeah, welcome. Um, so what's going on? She's like, how long have you actually been in the job for? And she's like, I, I turn around to her, oh, look at my watch. I'm like, oh, about 45 minutes now. <laughs> and she's like, you're kidding me. And I said, no, actually I'm not. I'm extremely serious right now. And uh, yeah, and this is where we're at. So. I give out different drugs. Now it's fentanyl, mm, not coffee. Mm, now it's not caffeine, it's now fentanyl. So wow. welcome, welcome to the party. Thanks for coming. Welcome to the EDGL. Welcome to the ED Jam. This is episode 15 and I'm chatting to Sammy who's a paramedic. I'm really stoked to be here um, and I know I've been a bit off in the wind or moan thing but I'm back recording. So Sammy, welcome to the podcast. Thank you Benny. Thanks for having me today. Mate, I am frothing that you're here yeah, and <laughs> I've known you probably, I think since this year Yep. Um, and you match me for excitement. Yeah. Yeah, you're yeah. my rival. Yeah, <laughs> I can tell by the big smile on your yeah, face. it's good. Um, and we're chatting to new people in the job, and yeah. you are a new paramedic, and we're going to find out a little bit about you, okay. um, which is really cool for other people listening. Now, Sammy, who is Sammy? So, Sammy, <laughs> is, uh, Sammy is uh, from the ambulance. Yes. Uh, however, he's also done other things in his life. He has. Um, so, I, I suppose my trade yep. is uh, viola. So, I have a Bachelor of Music, and... Uh, Crikey. I've been doing that for about about 20 years now, I think 21 years or wow. so. Yeah, so I started yep. playing when I was eight, started off in violin, Yep. Uh, went to uh, Sydney Conservatorium for uni, played viola there, Wow. I uh, graduated on that and played in a couple of different orchestras here and there. Uh, post that, I started doing some modelling, started doing some workarounds. Modelling, flex yeah. or stretch? Yeah, flex, was, uh, flex and stretch. Oh, flex yeah. and stretch yeah. at the same time. Um, no. So I've done a couple of things like that in the past. Um, Check out his gram, it's pretty good, guys. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. like a lady, sorry. Like, follow and subscribe. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I've done things like that. Follow the show um, notes below. Yeah. So done things like that um, and done a couple of odd jobs here and there. Yep. Um, and then I think I started, uh, started work as a brewster. Um, and then during that time, I kind of was reflecting on what I kind of wanted to do in the next phase of my life. By that stage, uh, I thought, okay, cool. I really want a career. I want something that I can focus on yep. and put all my energy into because I'm, I'm, I'm a passionate guy, yep. if you know me. Um, you are. I'm pretty obsessive, if yep. you know me. Um, and I kind of thought, oh, paramedics, hey? Um, yep. I tried for fireys a, a couple of times and um, got almost in, but got turned away. Because I just thought, oh, it'd be cool to be in some kind of an emergency situation and see how I do. I, I like to think I'm pretty calm um, and I like to think I've got a little bit of, you know, things to give uh, yep. to back to people. 100%. And uh, anyway, then I found uh, paramedics and um, I went to an open night one night at uh, a university and uh, they did a little scenario and I thought, oh, that's pretty cool. They work as a group. They were running an arrest okay. so they're going through like a... Uh, it's just your standard run of the mill algorithm yeah. person's unconscious not yeah. breathing yeah. very much so running anyway, through so Sammy's in the audience yeah just Muso had his coffee yeah 
having you a had? coffees. Having a coffee. Is, I remember it was like it was like five thirty, six o'clock at night somewhere. Yeah. And uh, I'm sitting there watching these these uh, these people just go through this arrest scenario. Yeah. I'm just sitting there frothing, going, "Happy days!" I'm like, "This is what I could be this doing." This is what I want to do. And the, for me, the big thing was that um, number one, communication. Yeah. Number two, teamwork. And yep. Number three, um, you know. At the all of that with those two things combined, patient outcome. Well, which nine times out of ten, yeah, hopefully uh, yeah, positive. Yeah. So, did you ever think you'd go into it? Like, did like when you're making coffees, sitting there, you got forty hipsters lined up for their piccolos yeah, and double, double macchiatos, and mate, I'm one of them as well. Yeah, me too. <laughs> so I love, I love my coffee. <laughs> yeah. Did you ever think mm, this is good? I like it, but maybe I want to do something more because I do love people. Mm-hmm. So for me, when I went and did that, I hopped in the car, called the missus, and just started yelling at her. I said, this is me. No way. You'll, you'll so so you're, you're yep. a kind of, yep. like, I'm converted. Yep. I'm Absolutely. ready to go. Yep, yep. And so I got, I remember I got into the car and, and just thought, this is exactly where I need to be. Well. And, you know, I'm now going to apply yep. and hope, hopefully I'm going to get in. A, a quote unquote mature age student. Yes. Not very, not so mature age student. <laughs> and um, anyway, uh, the following January, I believe that was in the August or so of the, the year before. Yep. The January, I got a, a, a letter. They said, yep, we'll accept you. Well, got in. Three years later, I funnily, funnily enough, I graduated on the 7th of April last year. I signed my contract on the 8th of April. No way. I have no idea how it happened, yep. uh, but all of the stars aligned yep. and I'm here today working as a paramedic. Wow. So, yeah. And it's, and, you know, it's great to see you out of, you know, out of work as well. You pull up in your big cruiser <laughs> and you still have that same joy. You still have yep. that same passion. Yeah. I put up a post recently um, on Instagram saying that yeah. you can turn clouds into sunshine because you make things really happy. Yeah. And yeah. I, I've, I feel that to you all the time. Yeah. Um, and I think that's really cool that... Mm-hmm. When you're not here, you're still the same sound. Very much so. Yeah, yep. I'll hop in the car and still froth on the same, yep. the same way on the way home. Just thinking about the the podcast and little things like that. Yeah, cool. Going, the fact that I'm going back to work again tomorrow. So yep. happy days, day one. And I think something that I've learned is you're very inquisitive. You mm-hmm. really want to know why, or you so. really want to ask a question. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Um, and for all those students out there, mm-hmm. um, we're going to get into in this episode. Yep. I guess to run through a bit of a structure, we're going to talk about some jobs that you've done. Yep. Um, we're going to talk through what it's like to be a new kind of pro, like probie. We'll Always. use that word. Yeah, we can or, use the word probie. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Um, we'll talk about, um, I guess, some of the things that aren't talked about on the job. Mm-hmm. So what it's actually like, yep. not what it's presented yeah, like. Yeah, sure. um, I think that's really cool. cool. Um, we'll run through some of the difficulties and when we make mistakes on the job. Always make um, mistakes. We do. Okay. Yep. Um, and then we'll kind of run through um, some advice and some of the resources you'd give to people mm-hmm. out there and run through a few stories if that's Absolutely. cool with you. Yeah, for sure. Um, one thing I did want to touch on, you're, yeah. you're a model. Do you still model? I, oh, every now and then. But yeah. I haven't done any work for like well, oh. maybe about five, six months yeah. or so. I thought I'll you might turn up to a job in your paramedic yeah. outfit and they're expecting <laughs> something more than just a paramedic. It's, it's a Velcro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It rips off. One of my lines is... Uh, you, you, you're trying to build rapport with a patient and they go, oh, you go, oh, you know, thanks guys for coming, blah, blah, blah. I said, look, um, I've just picked this uniform up from the hire shop. Yeah. Uh, so they've blended out for me today. Yeah. Let's just see how we go. Yeah. And they, they, always, they always kind of disarms them and, and makes them calm down. Love it, mate. Yeah, Ten. a bit of a laugh. All right, Sammy. Yes. So um, we're talking about that, you know, you're sitting in the in the auditorium, mm-hmm. you've, you've had this big picture of this coach or this algorithm of, of ALS sort yep. of thing run and sure. you're like, I really want to do this. Yeah. Um, and then this year, mm-hmm. you, you you get in, yeah. you're, you're on, yeah. so you're expected to be a paramedic. Yeah. Um, what was that like, mate? Run me through what it's like. So you get the call up, you're putting on a uniform that you've you've seen, you've sat next to, but you've never worn it. Yeah. 
right? Yeah, so uh, putting that uniform on from a student. So I think uh, a lot of the time uh, you sit there as a student, you think, okay, wow, like I want to talk to the paramedics about like what their biggest job was and like what's the gnarliest thing that they've seen. Yep. Um, but then day one, job one, yep. you put the uniform on, you go, oh, okay, so what was the best patient outcome? Mm. Um, what was, you know, what would, what did you do that benefited the patient yep. um, with, you know, patient-centered uh, care in mind? Yep. Um, and I think it's a massive uh, perception shift yep. and you go from student, bright-eyed and like, oh, wow, this is also glitz and glam. And then you get to the job and you're like focusing on the patient and you just go, I just want the best for this this young bloke or this young chick and, yep. you know, things like that. That's great. Now, yeah. people can enter to be a paramedic through different ways. They can... Okay go through a uni system yep. or like a vocational kind okay. of on the job, you know, making coffees like, like you know, every day, that's, that kind of thing. That's it, yeah. Um, you went through the, like the university system. Yeah. Now, I know that we talked about, we'll get onto it in a minute, we're going to talk about preceptors and what some people find. From your perspective, yep. is there a difference? Like, um, do, do you, or if there's someone coming out to be a paramedic, yeah. what do you notice or what advice do you give those people that are coming straight into it? So... I've been just shy, just shy of a year now. Yep. Um, and in that time, I think every preceptor that I've had as a trainee, uh, every preceptor that I've had, I've I've said to them, look, I know this. Yep. Um, I don't know anymore. So I yep. know what I know, and I don't know anymore. However, yep. I'm I'm sitting here very open. Yep. Um, and willing to learn. Yep. Um, under your obviously direction. Um, I think sometimes there can be a massive. Uh, misunderstanding of what the job can be like so yep. you sit there at uni you learn all of these different things you know you, you learning needle decompressions and stuff like that yep but at your level uh when you will go out on road as a as a new day one uh trainee mm-hmm. um you're not doing that stuff yeah so you have to sit there and listen to your preceptor and yep. follow their directions yeah so i think one thing that um i know my preceptors have struggled with in the past is some of these uh, young student paramedics that have just transitioned into the job, they sometimes can have um, either an ego or some kind of sense of importance. And yeah. it is important to have a degree. It's, yes. It is important to have the education behind you. Mm-hmm. However, don't discount the paramedic that's been in the job for 15 years, yeah. for 30 years, who never went to university. Yeah. Yeah. Don't discount that person because they know at the end of the day, they've been doing the job longer than most people have been alive. 100%. Um, that get into the job. And, uh, yeah, listen to what they have to say and work together with them. What's your advice for the ego? Where do you leave it? I leave it oh, just in the car. In the car? Yeah. You take it with you for yeah. a little bit on the drive? I leave, leave it in the car park. You know, I've got the sunnies on, I've got the window down, happy days. I'll bring it out for you. <laughs> quick, Sun, hot minute. But, sun's yeah, out, guns yeah, out. Yeah, sun's out, guns <laughs> out. Yeah, just roll the sleeves up. But that's good. Leave it Leave it at the door. Yeah. Leave it in the car. Absolutely. Don't bring it in the workplace. No way. You don't, you don't need it in the workplace. Yeah. I think when you hop in the car, when you, hop in the, uh, you jump in the uniform each day, um, yes, you've got your knowledge. Yes, yep. you've just been to university. You've done all these amazing things. However, sit in the car, work with your partner, work with the team that's there, communicate with them, talk to the patient, have a good time, and hope for the best yep. with them. You know, follow follow what you've been given in terms of your directions from your preceptor and the guidelines that are available to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, yeah, and it's not so much about what you know; it's what you do with what you know. Exactly. Because I think you can know a lot of stuff. You absolutely. But it's like, can. did I need to bring that out at this point um, in time? I, I just need to stay quiet. Like yeah, this was exactly. this was a time when I could chill. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think that's really good. So, Sammy, you get the call up. Mm-hmm. Um, you're gonna work as a paramedic. Yes. How are you feeling? 
Uh, How's Sam feeling? You, you get the call. You, I'm assuming you're pumped. I can tell you, Benny. So I got the call. <laughs> uh, so I got the call. I was actually at work one day yep. um, and there'd been some emails going out. And um, of course, uh, Sammy's G'd up as he always yeah. is. And he's, he's down at work as a barista. He's, serving, he's pumping some coffees. I've had six shots of coffee. So, yeah. you know, what, what, I'm, I'm what is your standard? There. How many do you have a day? Oh, I'll probably have about four or five. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah if cool, I'm at yeah. work, especially. Yeah. 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 Um, so anyway, there. And then I was about like 10.30 in the morning. And uh, phone call's gone, and I've just gone, oh, guys, I just got to duck out. I think this might be, um, you know, the call. Yeah. And anyway, so I pick up the phone. My hands are shaking, and I'm sitting there going, hello, Sam speaking. And they're like, oh, g'day, Sam. This is such and such from uh, such and such. I just wanted to let you know that uh, uh, you've been successful with uh, with Ambulance and that um, we're going to uh, provide you uh, with a job, and uh, we'll get you to sign a contract and this, that, and the other. And I've just gone, righto, okay, this is, uh, this is the day, um, okay. And I said, so, okay, do you guys need a- anything else from me? Right <laughs> um, when, when do you want me to start? And they're like, oh, look, there's a, there's a huge process involved. Yeah. Um, congratulations. Don't just leave your job now, run off yeah, on the job yeah. and turn up. Meanwhile, <laughs> I've turned the car back off and hopped out and gone back inside. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I, I think I've got a new job. And they're like, happy days. So... So yeah, that, that was a big that was a big day for me. Yeah. Um, I'll never forget that. And um, I just thought uh, all the stars had aligned. Yep. I must have done something right. Yes. Um, and then it was just presented to me, and I said, "Thank you very much. Very humbled. Yep. Um, I will absolutely love to do what I can. Yep. And uh, let's let's see what it's like." Great. And yeah. you're on. Cool. Come on. Yeah. It's it's too much fun, if anything. So. Yeah. And you you know you, you ooze that excitement. Yep. In and out of the job. Every day, like a okay. coiled spring, I've been called. Yeah, a coiled yeah. spring. Yes. You just charged up. Yep. Yeah. We we did get asked, I know, of other people that um if we we're going to share a box of Ritalin today, um, we, because uh, we are pumped up. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Well, it's over there. Just waiting for it. <laughs> I had to. Um, <laughs> and we're going to run through um your first job. So day one, job one, right? Yep. Um, signing on with uh, with my partner for the morning, yep. and uh, we get the job as a uh, pediatric burns, yep. uh, hot job obviously, um, not far from station. Yep. Right. So we signed on, uh, got medications, got the car ready, ready to go. Is that normally a process? You just get, you, yep. you pack up, ready to go. Me being me, yep. I rock up to work maybe 20, 30 minutes earlier. Yep. Check the car, but of course day one I was like two hours early. Yep. And up there at four o'clock. In the I was going to say you, you slept there, didn't you? <laughs> And um, anyway, so yeah, so you, you do have your process in the morning. Um, you go through the car, you go through your medications, you go through the kits, make sure everything's on board. Um, then you jump in the car, read the notes with your partner. And for me, of course, I'm, I'm a massive communicator. So I was having a chat with my partner. I said, look, um, I'll do what you need me to do. Um, and she was very well aware that I was day one, job one. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so we've rocked on down. Lights and sirens on, and Sam sitting there frothing. You go, you're treating on this stage. Yeah, so I wasn't allowed to drive the car at that stage. You weren't so allowed I was to drive. Just sitting in the hot seat the whole time, just okay. going, "Well, let's hope for the best." Is the process normally one treat, one drive, Correct. and you sort of swap? Correct. Yes, you cool. do normally do one day treating and yep. one day driving, Good. and just, you just rotate that. Yep. Um, anyway, so we get down to the job. We pulled up, and you know I'm g'd up as as you can imagine. Yep. And I'm sitting there, and I'm like, "Gee, that bloke looks familiar." Yep. I'm like, "Who? Do I know him?" And uh, this is very local to my area, right? Yep. Anyway, so I'm like, hmm, okay. So I said to my partner, just so you know, I think I might actually know who's in the house. Anyway, so she's gone, right, I you know, grab all the kids. Yes. Pediatric burns. You, you have no idea what you're going into. Anyway, so we've gone upstairs and uh, anyway, rocked up. You can hear a bub crying in the, in the shower. Put my head through the door. 
And there's a customer from the coffee shop that I work at standing in her undies, holding a baby, screaming no under way. the water. Uh, and Bub's got a huge uh, burn from a coffee, a black coffee actually, uh, on his leg. Poor okay. little thing. Yep. And I'm like, oh, hey. And we both knew it immediately who we, you know, who we were. Yep. And I said, oh, hey, how are you? And she's like, Sam, hey. And I'm like, yeah, welcome. Um, so what's going on? Anyway, so Bub's sitting there screaming. She's like, um, she's like, essentially what's happened is uh, Bub's had some coffee spilt on his leg. Yep. Uh, we're calling it actively. Um, and we, we just called you because we don't know what to do. Typically, obviously yep. that's why triple zero gets called. Anyway, so I've said to, I've said to my partner, I said, look, um, what would you like from me? Yeah, obviously. Um, so she's like, cool, we'll just do continue active calling in the shower. Yep. And, um, I was, uh, we're looking at the, uh, the new preparation of, uh, fentanyl. And, uh, funnily enough, uh, everyone's talking about it. They're like, oh, you know, we'll never use this particular preparation. Day one, job one, Sam gets a new preparation of fentanyl. you got to draw so the fentanyl. Like, Righto. Okay. And I've looked at it and it's not easy to it's, work out. It's not the, the most simple of tasks, no. especially when you've got, a, you know, like a two-year-old screaming in your ear. Yep. Um, anyway, uh, especially when you're day one, job one. Um, so anyway, did all that. Oh, man, a coffee, a coffee actually, uh, on his leg. Poor little thing, so yep. calmed down a little bit. Uh, I thought, personally, I thought at that particular stage, he was sitting on the lounge, he was still continuing calling yep. just with some Hartmans. Yep. Um, and we called for IC, transported with IC. Um, and um, anyway, uh, yeah. Uh, so we're transporting in the car, and there's Sam sitting up the front, because we've had the other paramedics in the back with, with babe. And... Um, so mum's turned around to me and she's gone, so Sam, um, how? She's like, she's like, how long have you actually been in the job for? And she's like, I, I turn around to go, oh, look at my watch. I'm like, oh, about 45 minutes now. <laughs> and she's like, you're kidding me. And I said, no, actually I'm not. I'm extremely serious right now. And uh, yeah, and this is where we're at. So. I give out different drugs. Now it's fentanyl, not mm, coffee. Mm, now it's not caffeine, it's now fentanyl. So wow. welcome, welcome to the party, thanks for coming. Yep. So yeah, um, massive. Uh, that was a big day actually because you, you sit there and you go oh cool I know you from this place and yes. now I know you in probably I think I personally think it was the worst day of their lives because yep. it's their, their only kid and um, <laughs> but there must be something about you that she felt you know comfortable looking at you going yeah. oh it's Sam obviously she's going what is he doing here yeah, like did he just is, jump is aboard he, the ambulance is he uh, <laughs> trained and qualified yeah. for this yeah. no he's just slap this uniform on and hope for the best. So Sammy, what were some of the differences um, from wearing you know, a student uniform to wearing now like a services uniform? So uh, as a student, obviously you sit there in the car and just do what you're told. Yep. Um, and then day one, when you get your new, new uniform. Um, a testy pop there, champ. Yeah. <laughs> so student uniform to a service uniform. Yep. Uh, you sit there with a student uniform on and you kind of just passively work through in the background and do your thing. Yep. Uh, and provide what you can to the paramedics. Yep. Um, when you are the paramedic with the actual uniform on, yep. um, you very much notice that people have all of their eyes on you. Yep. Um, they're looking for you for direction um, and essentially, uh, what do you want us to do? Yep. Um, they're, they're looking for you for everything. So I think you need to appreciate that when you do get to a job, there's a sense of responsibility. Mm. There's a sense of professionalism that you need to kind of uphold. Um, and there's also a sense of uh, you must give people direction mm. when you get to a job and you must give them a job. You must make them feel calm and explain to them what's going on. So I think with me, um, initially, I have not been as assertive as maybe I could be, mm -hmm. which is to say, 
you know, first six months I've been working, I've noticed that uh, I don't exactly tell people what I want to do. Uh, and whereas now I start, I'm starting to get a little bit more confidence. So I'm just saying, look, I need to do this. You're presenting to me like this. Uh, this is what the best thing is for you right now. I think we should do this. I uh, talk to my partner. What do you feel? How do you feel about this? We'll have a chat with the patient and we'll try and get them on board and try and get them to see things and how they're presenting from our point of view and what we want to do. Because a lot of the time, you'll notice that people don't want to come to hospital. Yeah. People don't want our help. You know, like for example, the bloke that we had uh, last week, heart rate of 22. I don't want to go to hospital. Oh, mate, I really feel like you should. Yeah, I think it's uh, a good and idea. I said, these are my reasons for wanting to take you. Yep. Uh, and these are the complications that come come a, like come up yep. if you don't go to hospital. You put it to them very black and white. You're not rude about it, no. but you are very straightforward. Yep. And you need to tell them uh, what you want to do and why you want to do it yep. and the outcomes that they can have if they come to hospital or if they don't come to hospital today. Yep. That's important. And I think what's hard is job, your, your job's for, for people that they get allocated and you're not quite sure exactly what's on the other side. No you, way. you get a, some sort of description of the job. Yep. Uh, and then you turn up and you can be blown out of the water. Massively. I was not ready for this. No way. Um, this is something very different to what I had in my mind because mm-hmm. I need to think on the job yep. what I might get ready for this Absolutely. job. Absolutely, yeah. Um, and run me through one of those. You turn up to this, you, you mentioned earlier, you turn up to a house uh, and there's someone in it and it's very different to what you know, you, you're expecting. Yeah. So this is a job that happened uh, a couple of weeks ago now. And uh, the job came down, hot job, and had a look at the notes. It was literally abnormal breathing and unknown age, male. Oh, great. Off we go. (laughs) At the moment, everyone's got abnormal breathing. Yeah, I've got abnormal (laughs) breathing because I'm freaking out on the (laughs) way to the job. Anyway, so rock up to the job. Uh, It's uh, kind of this old looking house, really dark street, not not a lot of lighting. So we've got our side lights on. I've had a chat to my partner as to, you know, what I want to do, what kids we want to take in, yeah. all of them, because yeah. we've got no idea what's happening. 100%. Anyway, so we've walked in there and uh, I could hear as we were approaching the house, uh, you know, all of this yelling and banging and, yeah. and like slamming into walls and stuff like that. Yep. Anyway, walk through the door and there's this massive bloke laying on the floor, rolling around, screaming, yep. holding his phone. He's obviously still on the phone to the call taker. And I've just gone, cool, this house is pitch black and yeah. it's probably not very safe. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> so my partner's gone, Sam, I'm just going to go and have a look and see if we are actually safe. And so yeah. he's gone off with his torch and I'm just standing there with all the kids going, hello, yeah. I'm Sam from the ambulance. <laughs> um, so he's not talking to me properly. Um, he's presenting very strange. Yep. Um, my partner comes back out to me. Hey, Sam, there's lots of drug paraphernalia present in the house. And I'm thinking, hmm, okay, so maybe it's down this pathway. Yep. So immediately you pigeonhole that and you tunnel vision. So you yep. go, oh, okay, so maybe it's something to do with drugs. Yep. The bloke was laying there clutching his chest or, or, or banging his chest. Yep. And I'm like, oh, I said, oh, um, I think I'm just going to do a 12 lead quickly because um, I can't assess his pain adequately. Let's just have a look, slap the monitor on, see what's going on, see if there's anything acute happening. Yep. Anyway, so I've done that. Nothing acute happening. Righto. So partner's gone upstairs, gone further into the house just to see what's going on. This is a big house, right? And, uh, it's still dark. <laughs> dark. It's still dark at this stage. And I couldn't find a light anywhere, of course, um, in between crying. Yeah. And um, <laughs> anyway, so done all that. Um, and then my partner's come back downstairs and he's like, yeah, I think it, he, he goes, I think it has to do with these drugs. And I said, actually, 
I actually think he's having a stroke. And he's like, oh, okay. So why? And anyway, so I've you know done the the face arm speech time, yeah. And uh, he was positive for all of that. So not like not moving an arm or something. So yeah. So he's actually rolled uh, in his rolling across the the floor in the yes. doorway. He's actually rolled his he's rolled over to his left side and and the, the right arm was limp. And it was only until then that he that I've noticed this in the space of like two or three minutes. So. Um, I've gone, okay, uh, I'm just going to quickly grab his hands. He was trying to be compliant. Like yes. you could tell he was there, but he wasn't there. Yep. Anyway, so I'm like, oh, he's I, he's positive for uh, face. He's positive to arm, speech, and time. It wasn't until we flicked the lights on that we could actually see some other things going on. And you, you could see the right-sided droop. Well, you could see the, um, like just the flaccid right arm. Yep. And I'm going down this pathway. There's drug paraphernalia yeah, everywhere. Hugely. This guy's intoxicated or he's always yeah. had you know, some sort of, yeah. you know, opioid or something. Absolutely. Yep. And see, I think that's the thing. So don't ever go, oh, cool, we're going to a very run-of-the-mill job. It's a yep. chest pain or it's a stroke. Um, never go down that. Um, always be open to new things that can arise during the job. Um, and it's that's the fluid kind of uh, life of pre-hospital work. Okay. And did he have a stroke? He did. Yeah. Wow. So the so middle, we, we actually followed up. Middle, yep. middle cerebral artery, yep. massively, wow. massive yep. uh, ischemic stroke. And so, so then you're on your job and you're, you know, you're sort of going, it could be this, it could be that, I've got it, I think it's this. Mm-hmm. Did, did you have the confidence to have a go, like in that, in that moment? Like you're I, there and you're like, I think it is, but yeah. do I say it, do I not? Yeah, so, I, so we, we called for backup for this particular job, obviously, because yep. difficult extrication, that's another thing we can get to later. Um, however, I walked out to my two other um, colleagues that were on this job and I said to them, guys, um, just... Before we go on, I, I think he's fast positive and that's where I'm at right now. Yep. Come inside, let's have a chat. We'll talk about OBS, we'll talk about his presentation yep. and we'll make a plan. Yep. Anyway, everyone came on board because we had a group discussion, Great. Um, obviously around this guy, trying to keep him informed as well. Yes. yes, he's having a stroke. Yes, he's unable to you know, effectively communicate with him yep. um, or us, I should say. Um, but you still keep him informed. Yeah, great. He's still there, but he's not there. Hundred percent. That's you know that's really sad because he wants to be there with you, but he, he can't. Sammy, that's a bit of a uh, you know I guess that shows you that you shouldn't box people in. No way. Absolutely. We shouldn't box people in the job, and we do that, and we don't mean to do that mm. as clinicians, but we do that so we can work through an algorithm or we can work through a process of management yeah, of the very patient, much so. um, which is very interesting that you, you mm. went through that. That's mm. great. Are you the same person in and out of the uniforms then? Very much so. Yeah. Okay. So I, I, on my days off, I'm the exact same person as I'm in the uniform. Yep. I like to think that I, I like to make people laugh outside the uniform. Yep. I like to make people laugh inside the uniform as well. Yep. So yeah, that's just me. Do you sleep before your first night shift? Um, so I actually don't. So I get G'd up for night shift um, and yeah, I kind of just sit there going, cool, I'm uh, going to work in oh, six hours, going to work in five hours. Yeah. I just lay there, I'm like ready to go. Okay. So yeah, that's me. All right, yeah. You know, you're on a big a, a big footy field and someone's come off and they've had an accident and there's a huge crowd. So big jobs like yep. that, um, sometimes it's, it can be a bit challenging because there's, like I said before, all eyes on you. Uh, however, at the same time, people are there to help you. So yep. it's like parting of the sea. Yep. And it's funny because you walk through and you've got this uniform on, everyone's there looking at you going, what are these guys doing? Yep. And um, so it's I think it, it's good because it just reassures you that... Um, you're there for mm. a purpose. You have a job to do, and the nine times out of ten, people just want to help, and they're yeah. only there for you. And yeah. and they can, that a lot of the time, will get asked, "What can I do to help?" Yeah. And it's something as simple as, "Can you go and get the medications?" Or yeah. "Can you have a chat to my partner while I assess yeah. this patient, your daughter, your son, your cousin, whatever?" Yeah. 
um, and have a chat with my partner, give them the history, and yep. then we'll, we'll have a little discussion about this and make a plan together. Yep. So, or could someone get me some towels? Yeah, anyone. Hello. <laughs> yeah. Emotional like that. Yeah. Um, so you are on a big job, Sam, and you've, you're um, what, violist? So you a violist. Play, and you played at the Opera House. So you, uh-huh. you have played in front of big crowds of people. Yep. Do, do you get nervous? So you're sitting there, you've got the, you've got the violin out, yep. or you're sitting in front of the, you know, you're, you're modeling, whatever. You've got this huge audience. Now, this sort of translates into, into, into paramedics. You're there, everyone's watching you. You're on a footy field trying to draw fentanyl that you've never read before. Yep. Do you get nervous? I do, absolutely. Yep. Before, so before every job, absolutely get nervous. Yep. And you sit there and the best thing is to, to kind of relax you into the job is yep. that you have a partner and you have another human being on yep. the car with you yep. who can relax you, who can chat to you about the job yep. and work out plans together. Um, you're never there by yourself. Yes, you are the treating officer on the car. However, you're there together. Yep. Your partner's running logistics in the background or I'll be running logistics in the background while your partner's there with the patient working out a plan. Yep. So you get nervous, yes, but you're working together and you just turn that into, great, okay, let's fix this person or at least put them in the right direction on the right pathway and um, just do it for them. Yeah, um, and there is that flight or flight response, isn't it, it really? Is. that? And I know the feeling we get a paediatric arrest in and I am on the flaps and I know it for the few 10, 15 seconds mm. until... As a team, we regather yeah. and then we go, okay, this is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to run through our algorithm. Yeah. And I, I think personally from an in-hospital person to watch pre-hospital, you guys do that really well. And with two people. We yeah. have 10, we have 20. Yeah. You guys do it with two. So there's got to be something special about the way you communicate with your partner. I think for me, the, the biggest thing that I've taken away from my, you know, my first year has been that I want to go to a job or I want to get to a level where I'm at a job and I'm super calm and I can calm myself down, but I can also calm the patient down. Yeah. You know, people that you've looked up to that have done it really well, what things do they have? What qualities do those people have that you go, I want that? So I take away from those people, I take away the calmness level, um, the ability to relax the patient and the ability to, to explain exactly what's going to happen to them yep. and the ability to kind of manage a scene. I think a huge part of it, what we do is scene management and I've very much struggled with that in the beginning because I'm, I'll get nervous on a job, on a big job and tell someone to get out of my way or to tell someone, can you hold this stretcher or at least help us lift, things like that because sometimes you can forget, oh wait, I've got a uniform on and I'm doing the job. Mm. So... You know, you can forget that very easily, mm. and I think it's it's important to remember that you are there for your job, and you, you have something to do for that person. Yeah, and um, responsibility too. You know, as as students, we come out from university and we think I've got to be really responsible for my practice. So I'll know my drug protocols. I'll make sure I know them. You know, off the back of my head, or even know how to look at them up. Yeah. But then you can be responsible for more than just you. You know, talk to me about that. You you're responsible for more than just yourself when you're working on a job. So you're more you're responsible for your kits. You're yep. responsible for where you park the car. Yeah. You're responsible for the stretcher. You're yep. responsible for number one, obviously the patient. Yep. And then you're responsible for the family members that are also freaking okay. out and and you know losing their minds because their their daughter or their son or their loved one is you know having a pretty bad day. Yep. Uh, so I think it's important to remember that uh, when you go to a big job and you've got, for example, family members there. Talk to them or yep. get your partner to go and talk to them, and it, but include them, yep. but just kind of get them out of the way so that you can do your job and yes. do your proper primary, secondary assessments and initiate whatever treatment that you need to do. Yep. Uh, all the while trying to keep the family members mm. and the patient all on site. Yep. It's all about building rapport and 
it's important to to establish a relationship when you walk into a job. Yeah. Like I said before, I love to make people laugh. Mm. Uh, that's not to say I don't stay professional on the job. Yeah. I love to try to put people at ease with humor mm. because you can really disarm them and you can really get them to open up. Yeah. And they might tell you something that they've forgotten because they're relaxing more yep. and they've brought something up and they've said, actually, no, I've I had this actually happen this morning and which could bleed into more things. So building rapport is a huge part of what we do. And I like to think that, yeah, I like to bring the calmness into the job and I like to be, bring good communication. And that's what I've really learned from the preceptors that I've, I've right. you know, been with. Perfect. So, now, I was just interested to know, like, did you read something or did something happen to you in your life that made you actually want to care for people? Like, you're running coffees and, and, and you know, modeling and doing music. I don't know, bro, but to me, it seems like a pretty good lifestyle in terms of, like, going out at night, having time to work on your four-wheel drive, having time to ride motorbikes. Yeah. I don't know. Like, you chose a job that really requires a lot of you. I think I chose the job because... I can never be the best at it. I'm only ever going to continue and grow. And there's there's not going to be one point where I go, okay, cool. I've, I've ticked all the boxes and now I'm the best. And now I can just, you know, sit here and be the best. So, But didn't you have that in music? Yes and no. Um, but then I thought, oh, I don't know. It, 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 I don't know why, but it wasn't fulfilling enough for me. And I just didn't feel like, you know, I wanted to continue on with that I don't know why it just wasn't the, the right thing for me I, I still play obviously yep. um, and it's still what I want to do but I didn't think I was impacting or changing enough uh, about you know with other people's lives and things like that because the thing is you, you've got a life sitting in front of you and you get to kind of not so much manipulate that but you get to help and and shape it in a way that is for the better now, Sammy, you're a pretty stylish cat. Um, you've turned up to my house looking pretty fresh. Um, but I think, you, I don't know, but in, in, in the profession of being a health professional, you've got to have a bit of thick skin. You do. Um, you just have to. It's just part of it, all right? Now, you've, you get called all these funny names. Um, I've heard a term called probie used a bit. What does it mean? What's a probie? Oh, essentially, a probie is a, is a trainee. Okay. So it's your probationary year yep. uh, or your probationary two years, however long it would be with your service. Yep. And, um, yeah, some people can, uh, you know, be a little bit upset by that because yep. you've got all this knowledge and all this, you know, want to, to do well for your patient and that. And you get caught a probie and some people can take offense. I have no offense to that. I don't care. No offense. I've got no ego. No. Um, and you've got, to, you've got to learn to laugh at yourself and have a bit of thick skin because yep. at the end of the day, all your colleagues are there for you um, and they're there, you're there for each other. So you're there to yep. help one another for the job. And you're all doing the same job at the end of the day. You are. Yeah. And I think that's important, isn't it, that we're collectively there. I tell a story. I was in a resource as an educator mm. running a res- or running, um, you know, coach algorithm and I forgot it. You know, I just went through compression continue, oxygen away, and I waited on A, and everyone's looking uh, at me, and then the consultant said, all else clear? And I said, yeah, and then we did it again, and he goes, we're just going to do it for Ben, because he forgot the algorithm very good. again. Yep. Um, uh, and I, I guess that sort of shows we're human, and, and I think we need to realize that we are human, and we make mistakes. When we throw a funny mistake you made on the yeah, job. Yeah, so, so if, just on that, right, yeah. so in the, in the recess space, so we've done a job. We go to a patient, yep. uh, fallen off the roof. There's multiple crews on scene. Anyway, uh, one of my partners was saying to me, hey, Sam, how would you feel about giving the handover? And I'm like, oh, <laughs> to the trauma team. And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, okay, if 
you really want me to, I suppose I could have a chat. Anyway, so I've gone quickly gone through like an eye mist and yep. all their OBS and all their treatment thus far. Got into recess and I like to obviously do my eye mist and yep. go from a head to toe. Yep. Anyway, I was going through my head to toe. You know, no C-spine, pupils equal and reactive, yep. this, that, and the other. And I said, look, the patient doesn't have any uh, long bones. And at this stage, and I've gone, hang on, the Correction, the patient does have long bones. However, <laughs> there are no, there is no pain in those long bones. <laughs> so good. And so at the same time, I literally had the whole trauma team yep. laughing at me. Yeah. And there's like 15 people standing there, doctors, nurses, and they're like, oh, there's Sam the probe. You're just having that. Oh, he's got no long bones. You, you're sure about that? Yep. <laughs> it's good, mate. It's just, But it's human. It we is. make mistakes. That's it. And in front of a big crowd, you can really go, oh, I'm such an idiot. You walk like back to the car and say, I look like a fool. But then people just seem to then want to tell you stuff because they go oh it's it's sam he's so fun he'll, yeah. he'll laugh it's benny he'll make a joke about himself and that's part of it isn't it yeah um you mentioned about making mistakes do people make mistakes yep. we yep. do absolutely yeah so funnily enough funny job that i did with a partner one law probably about six months ago now we did a job and it was a nana down and she'd had enough Yep. Very clearly worked that out um, from just the way her legs were presenting or her leg, I should say, was presenting. Anyway, partner's like, can you get a line? I was like, oh, I'll give it a go. Yep. Anyway, put this little 24 in the back of Nana's hand, yeah. right? And I thought, yeah. oh yeah, I'm an absolute yeah, god. Yeah. What, a, what an absolute... And Nika just waiting to Yeah, <laughs> happy days. Here he comes. Watch out. Thanks for coming, Sam. Um, anyway, so after I, uh, after I stopped taking selfies on the job, yeah. and, um, <laughs> um, the next day, got to the job, and it was, it was some young bloke and um, the poor kid had, uh, I think he had a fall and he had some pain in his neck. And so we collared, we'd done all these things and I thought, cool, he needs uh, a bit of pain relief. Yep. Like, just like me, huge, massive veins in his cubes, right? Yep. So I thought, cool. I missed, the, I missed the Hume Highway going up his arm with a 20 gauge, but the night before I got a 24 gauge. Yeah. So how does that happen? Yep. That's the thing. Every day it's going to be different. You're going to miss a cannula. Yep. You're going to, you know, you miss things. Yep. And, but at the same time, it's not to say you can't rectify that. You've got a partner there mm. who can do the same thing yep. and probably is going to help you yeah. and work out a plan. Yep. So, and then you can just, you can lose that ego, like you said, and say, oh, I've missed that. Does yep. someone else might have to go, you know, or reevaluating the situation, getting to the hospital. I actually tried to cannulate on the right side. I was unsuccessful. Absolutely. Um, and you can laugh about it. It looks good, guys, you know, yeah, and that's yeah. part of the job. Yeah. Hey, what, what have been some of the things that I'm sure that's a question you get asked a lot, Sam. Yeah. Um, what's the craziest thing you've seen? What, what would you say to that if someone asked you that? The craziest thing, yeah. Um, would you not answer it? What would you say back to someone if you asked that, you were asked that question? I think for me, the perception has changed from being a student to being a, a, a paramedic now on road. The, a lot of the time when you start, you go, oh, what's the worst thing you've seen? Well, now it's like, well, what's the best outcome that you've seen? Yeah. Okay. What's been the best patient outcome for you? Yeah. You know, and, and how is it, how has the injury or, you know, the issue affected them? Um, and is, has there been a positive outcome? You know, okay. can we find out about that patient? So, yeah, I think nine times out of 10, um, we don't find out. No. Uh, that's, that's sad as paramedics because, you know, we're, we're out there. We, we don't work for the hospitals. We work for, you know, paramedics. Yeah. And uh, we run around in the car all day. And we don't necessarily get back to the area where we drop that person off. Um, but funnily enough, actually, I spoke to my boss a couple of weeks ago now, and we had a we had a spinal patient, a very significant spinal patient, actually, seven year old seven year old boy, uh, went off a bike ramp yep. up about two meters, mm. and then landed on the other side, which is about two or three meters away. Yep. But he crashed the front wheel into the ramp. Yep. He's gone down, and apparently his mates there said that he's actually landed on his neck. Okay. And so he, we got there. 
he was kind of laying left lateral and he had absolutely no movement, no okay. feeling in, yep. in his right arm. Yep. Anyway, long story short, we've managed him, we've given him pain relief, yep. we've calmed him down because, yep. as you can imagine, seven-year-old, oh. extremely tearful. Yep. He's losing his mind because he can't move his hand. Yep. Poor thing. And mm. my dad is standing there, so found out that uh, he actually had uh, a fracture of C3, C4, yep. had these deficits going on. However, mum spoke to my boss yep. uh, and she said, thank you so much for doing what you did because he was well managed. And m the main thing is that he was calm yeah. and he got to hospital and yep. we were able to relax him. So there's a good outcome apparently for this kid. Great. Um, and that's what I like to hear. So I think, yeah, you've got to be mindful that what you do on scene mm. does have an effect. And I think paramedics sometimes can lose sight of that because we don't necessarily get to follow up with a patient nine times out of 10. Is it all glitz and, you know, is it all like flashing lights and fast cars? I know it's a silly question to ask, but is it, is it, is it, you know, I'm someone who loves the smell of petrol and, yeah. you know, dirt bikes get me absolutely fired up. You know, is it, is every job, you know, jump out of the car, let's go, let's go. You know, I just get this, there is a bit of that. There is yeah. an aspect of that, uh, yep. of course. And I think initially, yes, I was like, oh my gosh, I finally get to drive, you know, lights and sirens and Fast. put the siren on and yeah. everyone's looking and moving out of my way. However, you've got to be very mindful that uh, when you are doing that, uh, there's massive responsibility. You're keeping yourself and your partner in yep. the front alive. Yep. Yep. You're working together when you are driving yep. lights and sirens and you, you know, you're communicating with, yep. you know, yes, it's clear on the left there. Yes, yep. you can go. It's safe. Okay. And uh, then when you get to the job and you do, again, transport the, the patient, you've got a pretty significant patient in the back, right? So you've got, you've got a peds, yep. you've got the doctor, yep. you've got mum, and I've got my partner all sitting in the back of my car. I'm traveling, you know, lights and sirens to the hospital. Yep. Be very mindful that you've got all of these lives on board, plus the people that are driving around you on the road. You're responsible for all of those people. I think yes. it's important to remember that, yes, it is glitz and glam. You do have lights, you do have sirens, yep. you do have a big flashing bus. Yep. However, you've got a responsibility and you've got uh, to maintain a level of professionalism when you are doing those things. So yeah. just be mindful. And how do you go with those comments like, oh, you know, you're just someone that transports nanas from nursing homes to the hospital. How do you sort of, you know, hit that back? Um, or what do you say to people that would say, oh, don't you just transport old people from, you know, nursing homes? Is that a lot of majority of your jobs? I say to them, yes, we do. But as a student or as a trainee coming out on road, that gives you a fantastic opportunity to mm. go through your primary and secondary surveys. Yes, yep. they might not be very acute. Yep. And this could be a chronic illness, yep. which may not warrant an ambulance. However, perfect example of the, the best job because the patient's very stable and you can run through a primary secondary survey and work out everything that's mm. going on with the patient. We'll learn to communicate with the patient. A lot of people don't understand how to communicate with elderly people. So work those things out. You know? Yeah. And I think you're right. We... We don't mean to, but as people that seek out really cool things, we want the best job. We do. We, I, yes. want, I, want, you know, I want to see for my learning the stabbing, the shooting. I, I do. That's just who I am. Yep. Um, but I can't forget about the nana that's fallen over with a neck of femur fracture who potentially could have something else going on. Or even if she does, was she adequately at analogies? Did she know what was going on when she turned up? Did I try to treat her humanely? Um, when I can deal with the small stuff, I think I can do good with the big stuff. Because I treat that patient with respect every time. Yeah, absolutely. So with those things, uh, with the, the whole nana down, and yep. if people think that it's like uh, the geriatric side of things cannot be all the glitz and the glam. However, uh, 
one thing that was said to me was, we don't get paid for what we do. We get paid for what we can do. Mm. And you, you have to go into work thinking about that because you've got all this training, all this knowledge. And yes, nine times out of 10, you're not going to the glitz and glam jobs. You are going to Nana's Down who've been on the floor for six hours and you know, you're missing out on that major trauma. But they'll come and, yeah. and they'll be there. They'll be there waiting for you. But get used to being accepting of the fact that, yes, you're going to be able to have to talk to a, a demented patient who mm. may not be very happy that you're there taking them out of bed, taking them to hospital because they've got, you know, they're septic mm. and their heart rate's 150 and their blood pressure's nothing. Yeah. So get used to that. Yeah, I think. it's good. Now in healthcare, um, Sammy... I know for myself, we can say that we eat our own young um, and we kind of, oh, you know, if you're going to do anything a bit abnormal, we'll cut you down real quick. Does that happen as being a paramedic? It does. Absolutely. So as the, the young person on board the car, uh, there's there's a person sitting next to you who's been in the job for 35 years and you just sit there willing and open uh, and that will be, they'll respond well to that. I think you've got to be very aware that the person sitting next to you has all this skill, all this knowledge, and you're sitting there with all this skill and all this knowledge from being a uni student. However, you haven't learned how to apply that yet. Yep. So take direction from your partner mm. and listen to them and let talk to them and say, what can I do? What can I do on this job mm. that will improve this patient or will help uh, your life as, your, as a treating officer or as the driver, whatever you may be that day? And it's hard because you can know, like a good example, you could be a barista or you can know a lot about coffee like everything there is about the coffee machine, but not know how to make a good coffee. Correct. You know what I mean? Like you, yeah. you can know everything. I know what happens with the pressure in that machine over there, but I don't really know how to use it. And that's sometimes with uni, we go out with all this knowledge. I know the five features of pericarditis, or I know the seven features of hypo, whatever. But then we don't, we've never seen a patient who, who, who has that, no. who has pericarditis. We, we don't know when we get it, we freeze. But if we can make learning not so much like that, so we're free to kind of be like, Oh, I've never seen this before. Um, can you tell me about w- what is this? You know, would you? Yeah. I ask a lot of questions on the way to jobs. Yeah. And I've been told that, yeah, I do talk too much. And yes, I ask questions. However, you, you're you only there to learn. And I think for me personally, in my experience, that's uh, people respond well to that because you, you're sitting there, you're willing and you're ready to go. And people just want to know uh, what well, I just want to know what makes people tick in the job yeah. and how they got to their role and why they are in that role and what can I learn from them. I just take bits of information from each of my preceptors yeah. and each of the different crews that I've worked with on road. Yeah. And I, I sit home, I sit at home and I reflect on those things on my days off and yeah. work reflect. out. Yeah. I'll Do like, you reflect on the big jobs, mate? Like when you get always. those big jobs that are a death or a, what, what do you do? Do you, you know, cause I know what I do. Do you talk to your partner? Do you, do you have a chat or you kind of go in, in, yeah, in, inside. Yeah. So I, I'm very outward. So I will actually talk about big jobs. Yeah. A lot of the time I get very disappointed with myself with big jobs uh, because I always feel like I could give more because okay. like I said, we've got all this knowledge. However, I have never applied it before. So, you know, these little things that I've missed on the jobs, that's the first time I've ever had an opportunity to apply that. So I get really upset with myself over the littlest things. When it's like, I've never even had a chance to do that before. Do you know yeah. what I mean? So I sit there and get worked up about those tiny things where look at the bigger picture. Did the patient have an, have an adverse outcome? No. Did the patient, was the patient happy? Were they laughing in the back of the car? Or, you know, were there, was their airway, was their breathing, was their circulation mm-hmm. well managed? And did you get them to hospital safely uh, and manage everything 
you know, effectively, as effectively as you could. Yes. So mm-hmm. what are you really upset about? And what is that? Is that a small voice that sort of says to you, you're not good enough or you should be where you, sh- you should be here? Yeah. Is it a comparison thing? Or is it a big voice that sort of says, oh, come on, mate, you should know that. You're a qualified paramedic. It's a constantly reflecting voice that's always in my head. Mm. Uh, and it started from when I was a musician. I've never, ever thought that I was better than anyone. No. I, my only, the biggest competition that I have is myself. Yeah. And because I'm obviously my biggest critic. And uh, a lot of the time people will say, yeah, you did a really good job. But then sometimes I've had said to me, that wasn't very good. Um, and I think you could do this better next time. I don't get offended by that. I just go, thank you so much for telling me because no one has told me that before. And you've got to take that on the chin and go, cool. They're not telling me that because they hate me or they dislike me or they don't get along with me. They're telling me that because they want the same thing that you do for the patient. They want the best possible outcome. And so I think you, you have to take those things on the chin and be aware that your partner's only there for you and they're trying to make you the best paramedic that you can be. One big thing as a student, from a student to a a trainee, the massive thing is cannulation. And you get this all the time. And I remember now it's weird. I've actually had a few students that were uh, working with us and alongside me on jobs. And I've thought, gee, that's weird because I feel like I'm at the same level as them. And we obviously got onto the topic of cannulation. Oh, you know, I missed this, I missed that, I missed that. And it's like, well, yes, I missed this as well. Mm. So you talk to them about it and just say, sometimes you're not going to get it and mm. you have to move on from that. It's not the be all and end all. No. And they focus in on the, like like we said before, the glitz and the glam things, like yep. the cannulation, the medication administration. I think one thing to remember off the back of that is what don't I have to do? Yeah. What is the patient doing themselves that I don't have to manage. Yep. So you don't have to sit there. If the patient doesn't want pain relief, you don't have to sit there and give them morphine. No. Don't give them fentanyl. Just sit there. What would you like for the pain? Yeah. What can I do for you right now? You can. And I think a lot of the times you you know, you know look at these jobs that we go to and you think, really, are we really going to that? Yep. But what you don't understand is, or what a lot of people don't seem to understand is, this is the worst day for them. Mm. And they're not there because... The health condition is necessarily the worst thing that they've ever experienced. They're there because they have no idea what to do. And uh, from a paramedic's point of view, and obviously me being at my level, I think one of the biggest things that I've learned is you need to set in place a plan for that person and they will follow that direction. Mm. Once that's in place, they start relaxing and you, the, the wall comes down and they're very open to what you have to say to them. Mm. So like we touched on before, the building of rapport and basically managing their anxiety mum or dad's anxiety because it's yep. a paid patient managing everyone else on scene as well mm, that's good and you mentioned being a perfect like a bit of a perfectionist so being a muso i'm assuming that's required like you know i've hit a dissonant chord or i've hit a f flat instead of a you know g major mm. does that and does that flow into the job a little it, bit it does it you know, does I, I, I stuffed that um you know dose up or i, I missed that uh, i should have picked up that it was that it was a stroke and that it wasn't just you know alcohol how does Sammy sort of roll with that? You, you said you reflect. Um, what else do you do to make sure that you don't chew yourself up, you know? Because you're your worst enemy. Yeah, absolutely. And I am. So I'll, I'll just, again, I'll have a chat with my, my partner yep. and I'll talk to them about what, what do you want from me next time? So yeah. I don't feel like I did X, Y and Z correctly on that job. And they'll come back to me and they'll say, look, this is how you could do it next time better. And this is what 
you know, could be expected uh, that you do next time. Mm. And then you sit there and you talk it out together. Again, they're not saying it because they don't like you or they, they, they don't like the way you treat or the type of paramedic they are. you are. They're saying it because they want to improve you because it mm. is, you're learning, you're working it all out. Some of these people have been in the job for 35 years. Mm. They want to help you. And what is your advice to those people that come out that are new um, and, you know, feel like they just want to blah, throw it all into the first job? How do you, how do you, you know, for giving someone good advice for a new paramedic, what would you say to them? You, you mentioned a bit about like leaving your ego at the door. You mentioned about sort of listening to the people that have been in the job longer. What are some other things that you think Sam, like personal advice that Sam would give? I would say don't ever get uh, upset with the low acuity jobs that you're going to be going yeah, to. Okay. Uh, be accepting of every job. Um, mm. They're all important. No one is more important than another person. Yep. And you're, you, when you're going to that job, that's the job you're on. Yeah. Unless, of course, you get called off for a bigger job. No. Um, but that is the most important thing that you are doing right there and then. And that's the most significant person of that day's life. So, yeah, just focus on the person and focus on the patient outcome. What's the moment, Sammy, when, you know, you might get this when you play music, you know, the hairs come up at the back yeah. of your spine. For me, surfing, getting barreled, and I come out and I go, oh, gee, that was it. That was it. That's why I'm here. Have you had that in as a paramedic where yep. you went, that's it? So I get that every morning. I you get do. to work. Yeah, every morning. I, get to, I, know it sounds a little, I know it sounds a little corny. I get I get to work. I do I do my four days. Yeah. And then everyone knows me. goes, my five days are off the most depressing days of my life. Because wow. I sit there going, I want to go back to work. Okay. I know, like I said, it does sound corny. However, no. I live for work and I live for my patients that I can treat. Yep. And I live for wanting to succeed and do better for them. And in turn, learning more to, to just grow knowledge yep. to effectively treat better and do more yep so. and that's great because i think when you've done things in life yep you um you know for me when i went to africa and was holding little kids who were affected by hiv and aids i, I went that's it for me i, I want to help people you know and that was it and i love work i love going to work i enjoy the process of being there yep and people go to you what do you mean i don't mind it you know and even if i have had the worst day and maybe the five times of the you were a hate going to work by the time I've driven out of my driveway, I've changed my mind that I like it. Yeah. You know, I go, oh, actually, I don't mind it. It's pretty good. I really like it. Yeah. I've had my coffee and I'm, you know, listening to Zank on the way and I really enjoy it. Um, I enjoy the community when I see people and go, oh, I, I love people. And I think, Sammy, I don't know, but you love people. I'm a big people person. You're a big people yeah, person. Yeah, I love it. It's yep. good. It's good. And that's the thing. I want to be, I want to be someone that, you know, rock ups to a job and they go, I'll call Sam's here. You know, for people that are uni students that are just finishing their degree, what would you be telling them? Um, what would you be saying to them? This is this is not maybe not right, but this is how you sort of might want to approach it. These are some things that really would help you getting a successful outcome. So each, I believe, each state uh, across Australia, yeah. uh, they tend to have their own protocols, guidelines, yeah. and things yeah. like that. I believe you can download them in apps now. Yeah, cool. So that would be a really good resource to use. Yeah. I think uh, obviously you've got your uni textbooks and things yep. like that. But so I think talk to the paramedics that go to your university yep. and don't talk to them about the big job. What was the worst thing that you've seen? Yep. Talk to them about what do you get to do every day that makes you come to work and go, cool, I'm here now and this yep. is why I love it. Yeah. What is the best patient outcome or you know, what do you love most about the job? Yeah. And find out uh, what makes them tick yep. and why they got into the job. Because for me, for example, I know that... I want to, ideally, I'd like to just clinically upskill. I want to just get better and better. And then one day I can be, you know, 
at the top of my game. Yeah, there are things out there. I think like little things like I remember we do at uh, station uh, the other week we were doing some ECG tutorials yeah. and obviously as a paramedic you are you're trained to interpret ECGs what's a normal sinus rhythm yeah. look like yeah. um, and there's little things like life in the fast lane that's yeah. a great resource I love it. it's a fantastic you've got your Hazars book which yeah. is good you step through a process of working out I think the thing to uh, take away from work as a paramedic is keep it simple yep. and uh, don't overthink a job don't try to overcomplicate it with all the knowledge that you've learned at university yep. uh, not to say that not to use it and don't think about it yep. but don't necessarily think you have to do everything on a job for this patient yeah what okay. don't i have to do yeah love it what don't i have to do now sam i think what can come out and i know when we get new people like new nurses and we really want to present this not a facade but we really want to present that we, we understand everything um, and we can sort of say, well, we know this and we know that. We want people to have confidence in that we know what we're doing. Yep. But a lot of the time, if we haven't seen it, we don't know what we're doing. Um, so how do you break down those barriers? Um, and how do you own when you don't know something? So I just, on the way to a job, if I don't know what I've never done, say, for example, an anaphylaxis, I've never done an anaphylaxis. So you go through your protocol, you have a look at what's going on there. You think about what could the patient present like, yep. and you just go from there. Don't sit there and go, oh, I should know this. I'm not going to talk to my partner and tell them that I don't know this. Yep. Tell them, I don't know this. I don't necessarily feel comfortable drawing up this whatever. Yep. And let them know, because nine times out of 10, they'll respond very well to that and they'll try and help you through it yeah so, so even if paramedics that have been on the job really want new paramedics to tell them they don't know something that's it yes so be very transparent on yep. the job and be very uh, open with your partner tell them if you don't feel comfortable doing something i don't feel comfortable doing this can you do it with me can yep. you show me or can i just watch you do it I think the, the paramedic personality, the, the typical type of personality is that uh, paramedics uh, come across as very alpha personalities yep. and uh, that is good for the job because it's good for scene management and you can tell people what to do. And they have a kind of, I guess, black humor or dark humor about the jobs that we go to. But I think that's a coping mechanism. Yeah. You, you must do that to, to perform because you can't sit there and be Mr. Mr. Serious all the time no. and just think that like, I'm, I'm working like a robot today. You have to go into the job and have a laugh, and, but, but laugh with the patient. Have, yeah. a, have a joke with them, get them on side and just go, cool, this is the job. It might not seem very exciting, but this is why we're here and, yeah. and this is what we're going to do. And I'll make it exciting because I'm just going to have fun with it. Yeah. You know? And I think that's great. And you bring yeah. that. I'm going to make it interesting. Yeah. So another thing to, to not discount as well, I suppose this is the other side of it, is you don't know what experiences the, the paramedic that you're working with, you don't know the experiences that they've had in the past to make them who they are today. Yeah. So, you know, you, you might get on road and you go with a really bitter or twisted paramedic. But they might have been abused for the last 30 years of their life by all the patients and they might have just been fed up with that. Yeah. So and that's the other side of paramedics where you, you have these coping mechanisms in place because sometimes you might not deal with all the nicest things. And, you know, I've had, I've had incidences over the past year where, you know, there's been assaults and stuff like that. I've never been hurt or anything yep. significantly. But I've had things that have really challenged my perception of the job yep. and definitely jobs that I've had to take some time and just sit back on station and say, look, I just need to have a chat with you about this. I don't know how I should be feeling. And I can talk to you about a job if you like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you want. So there was a job that we did and I remember we were at 
the top of a shopping mall and there was a woman who was either alcohol or drug affected or or a mental health job we went in with these notes and that's all that was given to us police are on scene right so yeah. you go there and you think there's they've got this woman on the ground um, and they've made her safe yeah. and they've made everyone around them safe yeah. again a, a police are a fantastic resource to have on scene and you go there, you have a chat to this, this person who's just screaming at you and kicking off and saying, F this, F that, and I don't want you here, and why are you here? Let me go, you're hurting me. And you need to get to the bottom of why we're actually here, what are we doing here? Anyway, long story short, got into the back of the ambulance, a police officer and I were there in the back trying to make, trying to kind of work out what was going on with this, with this patient. Patient decided to just continue to kick off. And anyway, um, she decided that it would be a great idea to spit at both the officer and I. Oh, and I think I initially, I was like, oh, okay, cool. Uh, that's just happened. And we, um, I got back to station afterwards and I, I don't know what I was feeling, but I was feeling something different about the job. Anyway, I had a chat to my boss about it. And he said, you don't go to the coffee shop get spat on by a customer there and feel like that's okay, do you? And I said, well, no, I probably wouldn't feel okay. And he says, well, why is coming to work and being a paramedic getting spat on different? Mm -hmm. That you shouldn't have to put up with that. So these are the perspectives that paramedics have and these are the things that they've dealt with in the past that may or may not make them who they are today. So you have to be very mindful of who you're working with and don't judge a book by its cover. I know that mm. is said a lot, but it is the truth. Don't judge a book by its cover. If you've got you know, an, an unhappy paramedic that you're working with, they might be unhappy for a reason mm. and be accepting of that. And just talk to them. Mm. And be, you're exactly right. Like you said, just ask them what, what, have they, what have they experienced and what have you seen and what, what are um, some things you've learned being a paramedic? Mm. And I think once we ask people mm. to tell us they yeah, tell us they, they tell really us do. absolutely I've, I've had heaps of people open up to me in the car and it's only because we just get on a topic and we just start opening things up like yeah. you and i are doing right now yeah and it's it's, it's great isn't it mm. um, and I, mate it's been brilliant to chat with you sam thank um, you sir. you are a kind human that's a, that's a, a sort of theme i get from you you're kind you're caring um and you really do give you know a, you know for your patients um you're passionate you really want to learn, and I'm, I know I'm going to see you just striving um, through being a paramedic. But the best thing about it is you're going to be taking people along with you. Uh, and I'm jumping on the SAM train. <laughs> so if you want to jump on the SAM train, we can follow you all along because I think there's something different when I chat with you. Good. Uh, I do get the, you know, the hairs stick up the back of my neck um, yeah. because I know you do care. Absolutely do, and I think it's uh, I've I've met the equivalent of uh, of Sam from the ambulance in uh, <laughs> Ben as a nurse. No, so. Things like that. I think, yeah, so um, I appreciate you having me and uh, I think uh, it's only up from here and I'm just going to keep going and doing the best I can and hopefully it works and hopefully I get somewhere that I'm very happy with and then I'll get to another place that I'm very happy with. Yeah, so you're just, awesome, mate. Just keep moving. You. Thanks, you. Sammy. Thank you, sir. You. She's like, oh, thank the Lord. And it's like, well, I don't mean to alarm you, but yeah. hello. <laughs> hello. <laughs> hello. Your knighthood is here. Yeah, little things like that. Oh my lord. So, yeah, okay. I like stuff like that. Any advice given on the ED jam should not be taken over your local medical practitioner. And that's an episode wrap. I want to say thanks to everybody who listens to me um, on um, iTunes or Spotify. Also, thanks for those people who um, follow me on Instagram at edjam underscore podcast. You can catch up with information there when I'm releasing episodes, who's coming on, 
and just some regular information um, keeping you up to date with Australian emergency stuff um, and yeah once again thank you um, have a good week bye we